0: So it uh, sounds like a cult, right? Like you're all like drinking fracking fluid in like together. Like it's, it sounds like a cult. It is a cult. It's a it's cult of cult. A
1: demons. Yeah, getting, getting cancer to own the libs. The
2: epoch of Okay, it's going. Explain what the shit is going on with local problems.
3: So people keep saying that you can't make a difference in politics, which is kind of true. But the reason that you can't make a difference in politics really matters about when in politics you're talking about and where in politics you're talking about. So it's really hard to make a difference on the federal level. Uh, I live in Massachusetts. Massachusetts is pretty progressive. I will get almost nothing by pushing my progressive congressperson or my progressive senators to do anything. I wish Ayanna Presley said she was a socialist. She's still pretty damn great. I wish that Warren and Markey said that they were socialists. Still pretty damn great. Then there's like the county level. So the county level is actually one of the most touchable things. If you care about a position in Middlesex County or in Suffolk County, these are large, difficult campaigns, but they're definitely campaigns that have been won by progressive people, and changing a district attorney makes a huge difference. We would have so much more of a problem in Boston right now if we didn't have Rollins as district attorney. Not that there still aren't problems with the police, but at least we're not prosecuting people for protesting. And it's incredible that we can have that. Uh, there was someone similar who ran in, uh, Middlesex last time, uh, Donna Pantolono, uh, who now works for Rollins, who didn't quite make it, not a socialist again, like there's significant problems with all of these candidates that said, still great when you're not charging people for resisting arrest and why were they being arrested again there's i mean
0: i think she accomplished something in the sense that like she put the fear of god in a long-term like old guard incumbent and forced her to dramatically move leftward on a lot of the things and now that she's been forced to you know the constituents in middlesex county are holding her feet to the fire now they're like oh who's this person who's like been in charge for all this time
3: there is that. And she's, al- there-
1: she's also not. Uh, she's not prosecuting um, ICE detainees, she's which is progress because
0: she used to do that.
3: Right, and like better turnaround times on many things and less bail requirements. Not as good as if we had Donna and we didn't have to press, but like yes, it is true that lost campaigns are still worth it, and I don't want to challenge that one. There's a whole bunch of seats that people don't know exist. This is like the governor council races. The governor council is shit. Like they have put in some incredibly bad judges. The Benevolent Police Association, that's actually what it's called. I don't understand why. uh, Donates to most of these people who then approve super pro-police judges, which makes it really, really hard to try police for anything. Doesn't sound Um, very
0: benevolent to me. It's it's an interesting on the nose kind of name because in the fact that like 98% of uh, officer involved shootings have not resulted in any kind of consequences between 2013 and 2019 of the 7,666 instances in which a police officer has killed another human being in this country. 98.7% have resulted in no consequences. So a little on the nose, I would say.
3: Yeah, kind of worse than that, but yeah, because we don't actually count all of those, we're probably missing some. So there's those. Um, Basically, these people stay in charge because nobody knows about them. Uh, I wish that that wasn't the case. Um, I wish that we had socialists challenging them. Our challengers are still a shit ton better. Please vote for a challenger. There's like a reason you would want to vote for Helena Fontes and not Edward Terrence, whatever his actual name is.
0: I mean, this, this is how, this is, like, the silent, like, this is, like, the nature of bureaucracy, the silent killer that it is Actually, I'm pretty sure it was Dick Cheney who said, if you want to make something evil, you got to make it really, really boring.
3: Yeah, this is all really, really boring stuff. We'll agree with that. Okay, so there's, like, county-level stuff is touchable, and similar randomly-districted stuff is definitely touchable. Uh, the step below that tends to be towns. So some towns are much easier to influence than others. And this has almost nothing to do with how progressive the town is and almost entirely how to do with how it's set up. So in Cambridge, we have a city manager position. So the city manager is hired by the city council. And the only power that the city council has over the city manager is veto I don't like, I do not pass your budget, uh, or you're fired. We'll get you and get a new one. And otherwise, just generally has to propose that the city manager do things. It's hard to run a city. People are very, very cautious about firing city managers because then they might get yelled at by angry constituents who want shoveling to happen faster or something equally annoying and petty uh but generally city ma- like, it's a very hard position to fill. People don't want to have turnover. turnover is considered bad. City managers get lazy and are not progressive in fact tend to be very 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 conservative. This is not elected a fit position it's very hard to influence them and I don't understand, but they just like the current city manager just ignores the council a lot until they're really pushed on something. You also have uh, similarly really problematic setups. Uh, so one of them is Boston. Boston has a strong mayor position. The city council in Boston basically votes up and down on what the mayor proposes. That sucks. Um, and the position of mayor being such prominent position in Boston means that. Marty Walsh gets a lot of credit for things that he lobbied against in private. So every time there is a wonderful, the census turnout this year was done really, really well, working really hard to involve local organizations by a whole bunch of different progressive groups. There's gonna be problems, just the way things are. But in terms of like who gets credit, Marty Walsh gets credit. He gets to shake like head of the Chinese Progressive Association's hand and they do photo ops and pass across this gigantic check, gigantic being like $7,000, not like gigantic, but like that is what is seen. So despite being a problem is very, very popular. Those are very, very hard to touch cities. Other cities are much easier to touch. Um, There is, I don't actually know all of these uh, just because of where I am, Um, but people have definitely had a lot of success recently divesting police from schools, trying to pull out in different places, both in, like, Worcester has done a really good job of getting that actually up. Um, And that really, really depends on where you live. Politics. (laughs) Oh, and I forgot to mention the state. The state is really, really hard to fix things. Uh, Currently, things pass the Senate. They don't pass the House. We have, like, two bodies, just like you do federally in the state of Massachusetts. Um, My legislators are pretty good. But things do not get voted on unless they are brought to the floor by the Speaker of the House. The Speaker of the House decides what's brought to the floor, is very powerful, also decides where people's rooms, offices are in the building, and what committees people are on. So, no one wants to annoy him. Uh, His name is Bob DeLeo. Uh, He's the Revere Winthrop dragon-shaped district, Um, and That makes it very, very hard because bills will literally be co-sponsored by more than a majority of people in the legislature and not get voted on unless they are brought up a lot. So this sucks. This really sucks. Uh, There's a whole bunch of things for how we would make this more transparent, how we would try and see who's actually campaigning for things, how we'd actually get things voted on. But it is incredibly hard to get things through the state system right now, uh, especially because they are there's, we have a governor who's Republican, we have a veto-proof majority Democratic House and Senate. Uh, The reason that things are not brought up to the governor is because they would be vetoed, but because they're not brought up because they would be vetoed, we don't see the governor doing bad stuff. We just see the governor, you know, signing the ban on conversion therapy, even though he didn't seem to care about that and seemed very against it four years ago. Uh, yeah, that one, similar problems.
0: The way yeah. I see it is, is that the only way to actually get anything done is through uh, ballot accidents campaigns in the state because that's something the legislature has less control over because you can't really control the will of the people as easily as say, kill a bill in committee. Like the, way the minimum wage always works. The only way I have ever seen pay increases in my lifetime in the workforce is through successful ballot access, ballot campaigns to get the minimum wage higher that like went around, didn't end around, around uh, the legislature because the legislature wasn't interested in doing that. So fine, we go to the, to the ballot campaign and we get the minimum wage for up from eight bucks an hour in 2012 to... Uh, Eleven dollars an hour in two thousand fifteen, and then again, well, actually, this most recent time, the legislature finally decided to do it, but like we're going to drag it out in six years. So, fine, we pass we pass a minimum wage hike in six, years, but we're like we're going to make it like for less money over time. as like in like the increments are going to be less, and we're going to drag it out for an extra couple years and what the ballot can propose. And so now I'm like, okay. I'll get a raise in like three years when like the minimum wage catches up to where I'm currently making.
2: And it's good that they'll drag it out because, you know, as we saw today, Siberia is 100 degrees. So if they're going to drag out minimum wage, they're not going to do anything about global warming.
3: Oh, that's an entirely different thing. So the House actually passed 2% renewable energy requirements um, per year of increase for requirements for Massachusetts. Uh, DeLeo and Baker decided to reduce this to one percent in a closed session. Uh, (laughs) Hilariously, the next year there was a um, ballot question in just DeLeo's district to re-raise it to two percent, which passed. In addition to the required, the other there's another thing that uh, they voted on. That district voted to um, instructed their legislator to vote against raising the salary of the Speaker of the House in comparison to the other legislators, their person being the Speaker of the House. Um, so DeLeo should vote against his own raise. Uh,
0: it's the that. ultimate subtweet, I find. I find it's like the ultimate subtweet. Like, you're considering like, no, we don't want you to have a raise. That's right. It's screw you. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember uh, the last time that uh, Baker and DeLeo tried to, like, push for, like, a raise for the legislature. I just remember that photo of uh, the three of them at the, t- at the time, then Senate President Rosenberg, uh, with DeLeo and Baker just, they're, like, standing together, and, like, the looks on their faces which just priceless. It was like, oh, yeah, this is awkward, but let- let's just pretend that nobody could see us standing right here.
1: You know the first time actually that I sent Charlie Baker uh an angry voicemail was uh it was when he rode the T for the first time in like I don't know probably 5 years and came to the realization that <laughs> that it ran like shit and uh then uh did some virtue signaling about how uh we should get some funding back into the infrastructure in the city
0: Oh that pissed me off so much cuz like Yeah, you know, your dipshit who never writes the T stop pretending to, like, actually give a shit. He's too busy pocketing the money, putting in the oil investments. (laughs) Too too busy, like, hobnobbing with his venture capitalist buddies from back before he failed to become governor twice. Because I don't think people realize this, but, like, 2014 was, like, Baker's, like, third try at being governor. Who were the other two? Because he got his ass kicked by Deval Patrick twice. And then, de- Patrick decided, like, you know what? I don't want a third term. I want to go work for Bain Capital,
2: and also try to run for president. And that didn't that didn't pan out.
0: Yeah that that was that crashed and burned. And I took great shot and from his failure.
2: Joe, did you want to talk about masks?
0: Yeah, like you know, it's just like rent control about how like it's insane that we're actually having this debate at all. Like maybe maybe in the middle of a pandemic. I don't know we should like I the thing that I love about Asian countries is like they all have even though they have different cultures they all have this like culture of like the every every individual is responsible for maintaining the collective well-being yes which is part of why they have crushed like the COVID outbreaks because everyone understands that like we need to be wearing masks because it is our responsibility to maintain the health of everybody, because what I do affects everybody else. But we in this country, we're ha- we live in this such, such a libertarian country that like, we're having people make complaints like, oh, having to protect other people infringes upon my right to get everyone else killed.
3: I don't even think that's like collectivism is as an Asian thing as much as it's a not-white thing. Like, this is just, like, the shittiest part of white capitalistic imperialistic culture is this crazy individualism that isn't true, like, to yeah. the point that, no, you do need to bear a mosque or we will all die. Sorry. Well, I bet, I'm
0: not saying this collectivism is only an Asian thing. I'm saying that, like, it seems to be, like, right now during this pandemic, it's, like, all of these Asian countries are stepping up because they're all, like, let's not kill each other. Well,
2: Iceland also is completely COVID-free now.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, Iceland stepped up. They're,
0: they're right next to the fire, you know, that is the Arctic right now. Yeah, that's But, like, but besides, well, like, beholding, like, the, the bonfire that is now the Arctic, and like, oh, right, we're all going to die from, like, sea level rise because we're an island. Hmm. Besides that, like, the fact that we can breathe the air safely so that, I guess that's something nice. That's, like, some kind of good news.
2: Maybe the material realities are the reasons why they, uh, put all their bankers in jail.
0: (laughs) I know. I love that. I was, I was in middle school when that happened and it was like the most beautiful thing ever. It's like, wait, you guys actually threw all the bankers in jail. Why can't we do that? Oh, wait a minute. Our bankers bought like the people in the positions of power who are supposed to be like holding them accountable. So I guess that's just not going to happen.
2: So Iceland has done some things right. They're a model to, uh, Strive towards, but like, you know, you, like we both shared that article, Joe. The headline that said like, like, COVID, like eighty percent would be like eighty yeah,
0: like percent would be fine, like yeah, we, like eighty percent reduction. It's like everyone wore a fucking mask, but like we've turned into this culture where of like, oh, it's the virtues. It's like homicidal virtue signaling, where like you have like the MAGA people and be like, no, like if you wear a mask, you're a pussy, and like. It's like this thing, like you're trying to show to other people on the right that, like, they're. That it's like oh, it's like the, it's the new like, it's the new virtue signaling aspect of it's the culture uh, war that we've descended into. The continuation
2: in which, of uh, seatbelts and bike helmets.
0: I think this is really like the cultivate, like the culmination of like two decades of uh, like anti-science and anti-intellectualism on the right, but now it's uh, cultivated. It's culminated in this whole like. Instead of it being like, oh, we just don't believe in climate change. We don't believe in like the right to choose because we don't believe in science. We're not just actively getting people killed. And it just doesn't seem to bother anyone.
3: Yeah. So there's also a problem here that what ended up happening was the cities, which are mostly Democratic, um, or at least side towards the Democratic Party in the not Republican sense, not towards the progressive sense, got hit first. And like we saw... How bad it was. Like if you are a a friend of a doctor you know here. Whereas people who are in more rural areas, who are in areas that like are oblivious to the outside world weren't immune. They just didn't see it immediately. And for some reason, there is this interesting but terrifying uh, mind wars on the right that tries to pretend that everything you don't see directly isn't real. And that's hitting people really hard right now because it still is real, and you could have fixed it, and it's gonna get harder the longer you wait. But it's not hitting you immediately, which is the same problem that we're seeing with global warming. It's not a problem if Arizona gets two degrees warmer. Like, it's a problem, but they don't care about the 40 people who died of heat stroke. It is a problem if the Alaska melts. Like, that just is a problem. We've gone, it's mud, it's frozen mud. We, we have a problem here, to a much more substantial degree.
0: Yeah, I I have to agree with that. It's like it's kind of piggybacks of what I was saying, and like how I do agree that like you're very correct, Kit, when you said like it just the right seems to be like oh it's like we can't see it doesn't exist. I remember when uh Senator uh, Jamie Lankford of Oklahoma famously in 2014 he walked into the well of the Senate with a snowball and was like here I have snowball. Therefore, climate change isn't happening because I have a snowball in my hand
2: like the time yeah. when senators drank uh like the fracking fluid. milk to prove that you could drink that and it was fine and they all got sick
0: and threw up <laughs> my favorite uh like people in positions of power like drinking like really toxic things to prove a point is john hickenlooper uh with the fracking fluid and i actually watched the clip of that on sunday night while i was at work isn't and that shit actual- like
2: gasoline like what the fuck yeah <laughs>
0: He he was, he's so much in the pocket of the oil industry that he literally drank fracking fluid to prove to like environmental oversight people that it was safe.
1: It's worse, it's worse than gasoline. There's like benzene and other- Yeah, did he immediately have to get his stomach pumped?
0: My God. (laughs) The actual clip of him like being asked by this by then Senator Franken, like during like a committee hearing he's like, so uh, it sounds like a cult, right? Like you're all like drinking fracking fluid in like together, like, it's, it sounds like a cult. It is a cult. It's a the cult, of cult.
1: demons. Yeah, getting, getting cancer to own the libs.
3: <laughs> yes,
0: Drinking it's the death cult it's called like capitalism. To own the libs.
3: It's also really interesting just because it's this, like it is a cult, but most cults started pretty small. And this is like a much larger expansion of these thought bubbles that people aren't escaping. And I think fracking is one of the, like, first really, really bizarre ones where it's clearly bad and we're not measuring it because we cut federal government's ability to fund that and didn't require environmental groups to do it or require the down industries to do it. So there's not the data in the same way there was for other things prior to fracking, but also this is some shit stuff
0: like uh there's actually a very good chance i took like a couple climate science classes in college and it's actually very good like fracking like you run the risk of like permanently contaminating the water supply there to the to the degree that like water treatment plants can't solve the problem you are literally (laughs) or you have like all these instances of like people turning on the taps and the water catches on fire what is this 1830s manchester england
2: (laughs) methane causing like mini earthquakes and shit yeah yeah
0: what
2: was that? honestly i do
0: it's there's so yeah. many death cults. like i feel like the whole mask thing with the right is like this death cult to own the libs hey i'm not wearing my mask how, well, is, how do you feel about that snowflake
1: then there's this dynamic where you have like uh, rural farming communities and these individuals feel like the government is is overreaching because they have to maintain their own wells and their own farming equipment and all that. And then a company will come along and give them money to, to become uh, test subjects for some oil project or some fracking project. And ba- basically, um, paying these people off, uh, I forgot what I was going to say.
0: Sounded like where you were going was like, oh, we're like bribing these people to like keep them like docile.
3: But it does make people like people in rural areas have been abandoned in several different ways by governmental groups. They're I don't know, approached by some gigantic farming company that convinces them to build these gigantic, expensive pieces of infrastructure to raise chickens in. They go into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. They have to every year try and maintain these chicken houses. And then 10 years later, their demand, if they wanna keep raising chickens and actually pay off this debt, they have to refurnish whatever. So they hold all the liabilities, whereas the company owns the chickens and the produce and everything, owns all of the assets. And somehow this is legal, people are incredibly stuck, they're in an incredible amount of debt, they don't trust the government that doesn't protect them, then don't seem to realize that this is capitalism, like, what else is going to protect you the government is supposed to be yours, but these incredibly powerful groups can lobby all of their local elected officials, and you end up with this incredibly dangerous toxic cycle that you can't trust anybody, therefore guns in order to feel stronger, and then nobody can trust you because you have a gun. traumatized and now have a gun.
0: It's a violent cycle of capitalism, of uh, one begets the other. You uh, constantly get forced to re uh like to recreate the uh toxic cycles of uh of consumption and then debt and then you just keep getting further and further behind where actually i think uh the way kate mentioned it is uh like how they own it's kind of how how uh the corporation takes all of the profit and none of the risk it's kind of like how what it's happened to government more broadly or the government as an institution has assumed all of the risk and none of the reward. It's kind of what happened with the tech industry, where the government came up with all the research and development, and then the private uh, private industry swooped in and took all the rewards from that, Well, assuming none of the risk.
3: Yep. Also, pharma and every other industry in the world, like that makes money in the U.S.
1: Um, I I th- I didn't. I think I toggled mute in the wrong. Uh, off on cycle um, where I, I remember where I was going with the original, uh, original train of thought was in contrast to this allowing private industry to write the rules and basically buy off these people um, we were talking about uh, positive models of uh, the government utilizing its resources to handle the COVID crisis and um, I mean I've talked about this a few times but The response that Vietnam had was phenomenal in that they were able to uh, repurpose uh, part of the textile industry to manufacture masks for every citizen from the jump. Um, They covered the salaries of the people who were forced to stay home, like, I guess I should say, who you know stayed home it was it was a peaceful process <laughs> it was not uh this uh, authoritarian dictate to stay home it was the citizens basically heeding the warnings of the vietnamese government and um being able to do so because they weren't just going to fall through the cracks like so many americans have um, and funding went into the medical sector so that uh it would be there would be beds for people if they would need treatment, and ultimately they didn't need to because transmission was so low as the last the last time I checked there were no no covid cases um, and that's on the border with China, so the combination of masks for everybody at either little cost or no cost, rerouting funding to prepare for response if needed and Lastly, creating a social safety net so that people would be able to temporarily not go into work and thus continue the spread of COVID.
0: Like, what social safety net in this country? What social safety (laughs) net? Like, See, America's against us, but you plan to. The extent extent that we even have a welfare state at this point, because, you know, Bill Clinton blew that up 20 years ago with with a big idiotic grin, Famously proclaimed with this idiotic grin of his that the era of big government is over. As we stop, as we as abolish the program that helps uh, very poor single parents uh, financial uh, handouts.
2: What bill was this? Was this a part of NAFTA?
0: No, this was uh, the welfare reform of 1996, mm. in which they basically abolished the aid to uh, aid to families with dependent children (AFDC) which was basically like a program to give like small, like small, like handfuls of money, like crumbs to like very poor single parents uh, with children. And now it's been replaced with the current program we have now, temporary assistance to needy families, which is means tested to hell is basically useless. And the, the real kicker is there is a maximum lifetime limit in which you are allowed to use that system. You have you get to use it for like five years and then you're like done for life, I guess.
2: Who introduced that program?
0: Bill Clinton. Oh really? Yes.
2: So that oh wow. Even our good even the uh Democrats are bad folks.
0: <laughs> oh I could go on yeah. for an hour about all of the bad things Bill Clinton did while he was in office. I could go on for at least an hour.
3: Let's make that a different episode. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, we can end on some good news. Apparently, baseball is coming back. If anybody cared.
0: Oh, I do. I love
3: it. And oh,
0: also they're also, going to have a sixty-game season, Joe. I am a massive baseball fan. That is actually like the only other thing that rivals like my obsession with politics in a healthy way, at least. Uh, and also, and other good news: Jamal Bowman, who is the primary challenger to the House Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman, has a four-thousand-vote lead as of. Couple minutes ago
2: but Booker is trailing McGrath by nine points right now not good you know what
0: not ideal. last time
2: last time
1: I mispronounced uh, Asan Lecky's name <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to get I want to get uh, some proper plugs in. I want to get some proper plugs in for local candidates that we should be supporting right now
0: plug them uh, Erica Udohoven, uh great candidate she's an economist by, uh by trade. She, recently on she, current affairs yeah actually i listened to her, uh, her interview on in current affairs just while it was at work on sunday excellent it, it just you know i've talked to her over zoom calls a few times it like made me like her like 20 percent more
2: got a lot of passion I've, I've been on those calls too uh
0: anna Callahan in the middlesex 34th if i have to remember off the top of my head she's also a very good candidate uh she's going up against the Democrat who's like not the best but like could be worse and who fuck, who else is it up top? Okay,
3: so Katia Sharp, who Erica is running against, is running a smear campaign against Erica and oh. has brought her to court for uh not being a Democrat. unclear what what her, Katia's argument for why she should be on the ballot. <laughs> is. Um, someone for not but being like a that is the level we're going for here. there's like fuck. This is not just like could be worse. No, this is pretty bad. Um, yeah, that.
0: Ah, uh, the boomer Democrats rear their heads. Cause I feel I feel like that's the boomer thing to be like the, the, the complaint is like, oh, you're not being a real Democrat. Like anytime you like propose something like that, Democrats nominally are supposed to stand for. Like I don't know, expanding the social safety net. You're not being a good Democrat by getting by not getting in line and shutting the fuck up.
3: Yeah. So anyway. Katia sharp is a problem and not just like a small problem.
0: Oh, to clarify what I meant could be worse. I was referring to Anna Callahan's opponent.
3: Mm. Oh, yeah. No, Christine is fine, like whatever.
0: You were trying nope. to end this on a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> I was being positive kind of ish.
1: Do we have any last plugs? Yeah, my cat. Guinea well, squirrel.
2: Jesse's got Indian a good squirrel, cat.
1: 2020. And- <laughs> And as always, uh, Ed Markey. Better uh, than Joe Kennedy. Hell yeah. He's, he's actually Don't even a, get good me started. a good incumbent. I know. Um, he's
0: like one of the four Democrats in Congress. Or he's one of the four Democrats in the Senate who isn't like complete shit.
1: Right. And according to the still uh, unnamed uh, Michael Brooks interviewee, the only normal dude in the Senate.
2: Only normal dude in the Senate, including Bernie? Bernie's not normal?
1: Alright, I guess Bernie. Yeah. Bernie Bernie, and Ed Markey are the two.
0: Yeah, the, I could see that. Like, the only yeah. two. Because, I mean, like, okay. every... Yeah. Because every other, like, Senate Democrat is, like, either weird a la Cory Booker style, or just, like, terrible and a sociopath like Andy Klobuchar.
2: Like, Cory Booker
0: also. But Cory Booker, honestly, like, he always looks to me like, the look on his face is always, like, he always looks like he's about to. He could like possibly like strangle you to death with his bare hands. What he doesn't look prop? in his eyes.
3: Oh no, that's Ed Barkey. Ed Barky has resting bitch face. Oh, he did. absolutely
0: he does. But like most people in Malden, like seem to have resting bitch face.
1: I I feel like Cory Booker always looks like he just dropped
2: something really expensive. <laughs> 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 All right, that's a good place to end it. Um. I just quickly want to plug uh, comrade-rosie.org. That's our website. If you're curious, please visit it. Uh, and, yeah, that's your epoch for the week.
0: Oh, I do actually have one last plug for... Go! Me. Okay. <laughs> go! We can edit this part. We can edit go. it to make it work. Fucking uh, go! Alex Morris in the Massachusetts First, he's, he's taking on the House Ways and Means Chair, who is a piece of shit, uh, Richard Neal. He is... Neil is a shill of the the pharma industry, the financial industry he actually uh, Neil last year killed a bill that had bipartisan support to end surprise billing like on health insurance at the last possible second because he takes a shit ton of money from cardinal health among others cardinal health and Aetna. all right and so and Alex morse is you know he's he doesn't really call himself a socialist but he's pretty good for, like, a guy who's only 30. He was elected mayor of Holyoke, which is uh, a city in Western Mass at the age of, like, 22. Oh. Which is, like, that's pretty impressive for, like, a city of 40,000 people to become mayor at, like, 22.
3: Other good candidates, Jordan Meehan uh, is running against Kevin Rogers, actually a socialist, Um, has, like, some weird properties, supported Warren for some reason, but, like, still an incredible like challenge to someone who hasn't done anything in the legislature in massachusetts for a while
0: and a comma who's beyond useless that all right thank you guys
2: um hopefully that's all our plugs i'm gonna wait for a second yes okay uh yeah comrade-rosie.org please visit that website and that's your epoch good night everyone